with you, 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 always with you. Welcome to With You, a podcast meant to share the stories of women across the rugby community, to highlight our connections and our growth, and to delight in a good belly laugh whenever we can. I'm Suze, my pronouns are she, her, and I'll be your host. Just a short intro to the intro here, a note about this episode. It's getting republished here on Monday, June 21st, um, because the Saturday drop on the 19th, I recognized the audio had gotten like chopped up and rearranged, which is not something I am capable of doing, and we'll call it a tech error and blame it on this Mercury retrograde tomorrow's the last day so hopefully this one drops right and thank you to the 12 plus people that have already listened in i hope you didn't get lost in there and if you want you can listen to the conversation in its proper form here but yeah thanks y'all what up fam welcome back episode 16 right here ready for your playing listening pleasure whatever you want to call it so this one's a little different again but a little bit of the same too I talked to Jordan who is an Indiana and IU alum so shout out to all those girls and the mole women that went to Savannah together I was there on the sideline in my Hawaiian and a bad back but anyway we we touch on a lot of different stuff specifically about Jordan's life but we also do a bit of of bantering and just talking in general so there's a few things in there I just want to highlight in this little intro first is I remember this thing that happened and it I quoted it correct in like 2014 about the head coach of the Seattle Seahawks changing their entire defensive strategy to include a form of the rugby tackle and I wasn't totally sure about the dates on that, which I think I said 2015. It was 2014 or or if I had completely made it up. But it's true and you can Google it. You can just Google Seahawks using rugby tackle and you'll see a, multitudes of, a multitude of articles about it. So that's pretty rad. That's one cool thing. Um, there's another cool thing where Jordan and I go on about the Kinsey scale and have this really candid discussion about like the way that we use language to describe our sexuality which I think is pretty relevant because it's basically unstandardized and there are some layers to the way that we use words that aren't always apparent unless you take a moment and kind of consider a different perspective so I just want to highlight that and like we talk about bi versus pan and And, like, how trans people get excluded in certain ways. And, I mean, how all of it can can be is harmful in ways that we don't consider. Um, And it's interesting. I just want to also reiterate, and I'll say this in the recording too, that, like, nothing we discuss was meant to be harmful or exclusive. And I would absolutely love any feedback about the way that we talked about it just to help me learn and be more accepting and understanding of people's identities and the language that they use. So if anybody has any bits of that to give to me, you can shoot me an email, suze at withyoupodcast.co. Also, feel free to use that email address for like literally any feedback. I'm so here for it. You know, we've gone through our whole starting side, 1 to 15, and now we're on number 16, and I think there's a lot of data out there for y'all to be able to pick at me a little bit and I'm here for it you know I'm here for it and the last thing is there's this little digression because we have a discussion about mental health where I I center myself and I don't really want to do that too much as a host because the show's not about me um it's really about y'all but I thought it was appropriate one because it's father's day weekend and my dad's been gone for a while now but two, just because, I don't know, he's very meaningful. His Our relationship was really meaningful to me. And 
I want, I don't want to center myself with this podcast, but sometimes I think it's just nice to share a little bit of something. So I left it there. Shout out to all the dads and all the zaddies too. (laughs) It's still pride, right? Yeah. (laughs) So the rest of that though is like Jordan's background so cool. I really enjoy the discussion with her and where she come, came from and all the ways that she's learned and grown through the rugby community um, is really special and brilliant. So I hope you guys enjoy this as well. As always, you can find me on the internet um, with you podcast.co. You can email me suze at with you podcast.co. And I'm on the Instagram at s.kitch, like kitchen without the N, E-N, s.kitch. You got it. It's all good. I think I know y'all. Okay. Have fun. Thanks for being here. Here we are on our subs, on our bench. They're going in to close out the game and win it. Thanks, y'all. Bye. Hi, Jordan. Hi. Hey, welcome to with you. How's it going? Thanks. Happy to be here. It's going well, you know, just hanging out, getting ready for my little sister's wedding today. Oh, that's so exciting. Thank you for fitting me in before (laughs) a wedding. Goodness. Oh, it's a very small thing. It's like an eloping with your family kind of situation. So no worries. Yeah. Awesome. That'll be wonderful. I'm sure. So before we just jump into all the things about rugby, can you share your pronouns, please? She, her. Thanks. Now tell me, how'd you find it? How'd you find rugby? All right. So basically, you know, I'd heard about rugby during high school. People would tell me to play it, but I didn't really know what it was. I just knew that I could hurt myself again. Mm. Um, And so I just, you know, I didn't do it. And then my sophomore year of college, I made a friend who you know, she wanted to, you know, try to find her own little community and get involved with something. And so she decided to try out for the rugby team, but she was really nervous. And, you know, she was thinking about not going because she was so nervous. And so I offered like, Hey, you know, I I probably won't play, but you know, if you want, I'll go out with you. I, you know, sports, whatever, and sure. Take some pressure off of you. And she ended up asking that I didn't because I, had a more athletic build than her and she was worried that maybe I would get a spot and she wouldn't um, <laughs> but then in the spring she was like hey yeah this is really awesome you should come out and so I did and then ended up really 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 enjoying it that's awesome it's funny she was worried about the competition because like little does she know we take everybody always you right know? and yeah. I mean because of the difference in our body types like she was definitely mm-hmm. going to p- play a different position than I was but yeah. we both had no idea what it was really like so just we yeah. weren't sure what to do yeah for sure so did you play sports um before that point or were you like active in any, in other ways yeah I played sports like all my life I played softball since I was five and that continued even into college you know playing slow pitch on occasion Mm -hmm. and you know in middle school I started wrestling um and hey that's cool yeah yeah and that's that's how I hurt myself in high school um Mm. you know right after my first meet I tore my hamstring and meniscus at practice Um, oh that's a big injury yeah, and it was worse because they, like, didn't realize I tore the meniscus, too. They oh. couldn't tell for sure on the, like, MRI or whatever, and they were like, yeah, you probably didn't. It's fine. And then I, like, went through having pain and it locking up and stuff like that for a year, uh, wow. continuing to play softball and volleyball because I gave up on wrestling after that. Yeah. Um, and then they were like, actually, you do need surgery. And then when they went in to fix it, my meniscus, like, fell apart. So <laughs> they had to remove a bunch of it. So that was wow, what a mess. Yeah, it would have been much better if they just <clears throat> realized at first that it was actually torn and not gonna get better. Yeah, I mean, that's a very common story, though, that like things are missed on MRIs at first. I know I had a roommate that um, they ended up figuring out that she tore her MCL and maybe her ACL too, but it took them like two months because it was swollen and they just couldn't see it on the scans, like on the MRI. Same. Like, yeah. It's unfortunate. It is. Well, I got to spend two winters on crutches, which is just the best in northern Indiana. Oh, my God. No. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. 
So yeah, other than that, though, I also in middle school picked up uh, Taekwondo and, Mm. you know, got up to black belt level. Um, Cool. As well as, like I said, I played softball and volleyball. And I my senior year, I decided not to play softball. And then I was dying by the middle of the season. So I was like, hey, I'm going to come run track because I need to play a sport. Yeah, I was going to ask you, like, that what did it feel like not playing your freshman year of college too yeah well I kind of didn't miss playing as much as I might have because I took volleyball class and bowling Mm. class and you know one in each semester and so I was still doing something sporty you know and so that like it kind of eased my my need to play or do something yeah um took the edge off yeah and I did try to go out for the club volleyball team, but I'm like five seven, and it was not working out. So. <laughs> yeah. But, yeah, I feel you. Well, what did you think about rugby when you first joined? Um, well, I was really nervous. I was uh, still again scared that I was gonna like hurt myself because you know I already had a bad knee. Yeah. And everything, and so I, you know, when I got there though, when I started practicing, I thought it was really fun. Mm-hmm. You know, I. I'm hyper competitive. Uh-huh. It doesn't really always come out like, you know, can't you can't tell because I'm just generally mild mannered, but I really yeah. enjoyed getting to play like a contact sport again and yeah. you know, have which I hadn't really had since I stopped wrestling. Mm-hmm. And so and I, I feel like I picked it up quickly. So it was just like, yeah, this is awesome. Why didn't I come out in the fall? Yeah. <laughs> well, you were being a good friend, so I'll have to give you that. True. That's part true. of that's part of a, being a rugby player too. I think that's. I love how you said you're so like mild mannered. Like you seem very easy to get along with. Here I am with my first impression of you after five minutes. But like I have played with so many like badass beasts on the field, really aggressive rugby players that are so easy to get along with, and I love that. Yeah. Thank you. Yeah. Uh, one of my best compliments was one year when we went to the final four, actually, we had this little activity where everybody wrote in, like notes to everybody on the team. And mm-hmm. one of mine said something about how, you know, I c- could never imagine a girl that's so sweet being such a beast on the field, you know? <laughs> yeah, I'm sure that just lit you up, right? <laughs> nice. Were you at IU? Yes, yes, at IU. Yeah, okay. Indiana, cool. I'm one of my, yeah, Allie's one of my good friends here in Denver is IU alum and like there's hella there's a lot of Indiana people out here in Denver I've I've um I've, I know how to play euchre so I will oh, good. just toot my own horn that's a great game <laughs> nice yeah yeah I know yeah. several of my teammates moved out that way mm-hmm. and I did play with Allie she was you know co-captain I think nice in my, you... when I joined awesome I love that it's a small world yeah. So I guess you like you kind of already answered this. What kept you coming back? Like you you wanted to play a sport and um it gave you an outlet, right? Right. Yeah. And I mean, I like to be better than people at things. And so, you know, I I needed to keep coming back to be able to like prove to myself that I could be super good at this sport even though I I neglected it previously. Mm. And and I and like I said, I really liked it. All the girls were so nice and, you know, welcoming and everything. And so it just really the whole environment, both in terms of like the actual sport and then in terms of the team just really made me feel like welcome. And like, I really I can see what I can do. Cool. Yeah, I love that. Um, did you get to play right away or did you guys? Well, you guys probably had pretty good numbers. Oh, uh, we had decent numbers. Um that was the year that was really kind of weird and um and that we went to the final four i think uh-huh. and so i don't i don't remember exactly what the situation was but i wasn't a starter obviously mm-hmm. um but there were there were few enough people that i was able to actually play in a side games most of the time and yeah, where'd I you even, play uh, i started out as number seven a flanker nice yeah. And so, you know, I was able to, you know, take over for our starter when need be. And so it was extra cool that I played in, you know, the final four even. Um, yeah, it's badass. Yeah. And so and that's has to do with, again, like just mm. allowed me to to pick it easily enough and like be good enough from the start that like yeah. it was worth it to put me in. 
you know, um, Vaughn, our coach, always would comment on how my positioning was really good because of my experience wrestling and how knees bent and everything, you know. I don't know if you see yeah, wrestling I guess, at all. But. I, I, I was just envisioning it. I guess there is a lot of that, like, the 90s. And, like, wrestling involves an enormous amount of core strength, just like playing rugby does. I think after my first semester, too, I was starting because – you know, one of our flankers graduated. And mm-hmm. so, so even, you know, after my first semester of playing where I got to do a side games and everything like that, I was already, you know, starting and everything, which was really cool. Nice. Yeah. You got to be grateful for being able to move your athleticism into the sport. Right. I, I had like a similar experience. We weren't like good, like y'all though, just in a little <laughs> D2 team that, well we were we were you know it just varied a lot the way that women's rugby does with numbers and and people graduating experienced players moving away so um but but yeah it was great to find uh space to physically like perform in the team and I know that like finding the rugby team was like finding family for me as well did you have yeah did you have a similar experience yeah kind of um you know I had people from my high school and stuff going to IU but nobody was that I was like super friends with like my ex-best friend was super upset about coming to IU and we ended up having a falling out because she was a little bit off kilter mm-hmm. um and it happened so, yeah it was ridiculous and yeah I could I could tell you a story about that but <laughs> um so then you know I made some friends on like my floor because I stayed in the dorm all four years and so my sophomore year I did have some friends but it wasn't like you know anything super that made me feel like I was part of the community or whatever and mm-hmm. so once I was in this you know in the sport I was able to have people that like I knew that I could rely on and that like you know I knew that we were kind of on the same level with a lot of things mm-hmm. and so it really it, it gave me something that I was missing yeah I'm curious, did you have any, like, vets or were there any upperclassmen or anybody that you really, like, resonated with and clung to? Yeah, definitely. Um, Elena, who I think also moved to Colorado. Yeah, I know Elena. And yeah. I, yeah, I love her. Yeah, Elena was great. <laughs> um, she really took me under her wing, um, you know, because we were similar. I think she usually played block, but whatever, mm-hmm. you know. She, we were a similar position, and um, and I know that she worked with me a lot in the beginning, and one of the things that I always regret, I told you about those notes that we wrote to everybody for the final four. I wrote something so basic on hers and I felt so bad. I was like, I could have said way more. And uh-huh. I, I've always felt bad about that, even though I know it's not a big deal. Um, okay. Well, what would you have said to her? Oh man. Okay. So like, I would have thanked her again for, you know, being so willing to take me under her wing and you know really show me what the sport was about and never make me feel like you know I wasn't going to be able to get it like because some some vets you know when new people come on they kind of treat you like idiots and stuff and Mm. that's definitely not her way and I just really felt so welcomed by her and you know and and that's you know one of the flankers that I also worked with a lot she had a personality that was a little like you know gruff you know once you got to know her of course she was really nice but like mm-hmm. I, I definitely got what I felt like I was missing from her from Elena and it just you know she really made a big difference to my being on the team I think and really you know really was such a support for me I love that it's so lovely thank you and- I feel like it wasn't that articulate but <laughs> oh well <laughs> That's okay. I put you on the spot. You know, I didn't, I didn't tell you to rewrite your card to Elena. So. That's true. That's true. <laughs> but it's here, you know, and I'm sure like, I'm gonna make sure she hears it and she can appreciate it too. I mean, there's that love runs through. We got, we got vet rookie love, upperclassmen, lowerclassmen, even like, even when you get older and play women's, like, it doesn't really matter how old people are. I was thinking about this the other days, like, I have vets from clubs that are younger than me, but I always, like, revere them in a way that they know more, you know, that they are, I still hold them in a space that I think we usually associate with age, but isn't always right. Equivalent. Yeah. The whole age comes with, or experience comes with age, but really it's experience comes no matter how with old experience. you are. With experience. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, for sure. So, I feel that. Yeah, that's really cool. That's really cool. Um, 
but other than Elena, like other girls were really great too. I, I, Allie was also, you know, kind of a role model. I was a little scared of, you know, interacting with her just because she seemed so great. And I was just like, I'm just going to watch you, you know, um, <laughs> which yeah. is silly, but whatever. And, you know. Oh, it's a, th- no, it's a thing. I'm laughing because it's real when you're yeah. like, I'm, I'm not sure if I can talk, like, if I go to talk to you, am I just going to collapse? Right. You know? <laughs> right. Yeah. And, you know, that that was the situation with a couple others. And maybe the other flanker, um, Selena, who, you know, was kind of my guide because she played seven. And, mm-hmm. you know, I, there was the intimidation factor with her, with Tiffany, who was our nine. Mm-hmm. Always, you know. And, and one time I told her about it. She was like, I'm intimidating. I'm like, heck, yeah, you are. What do you mean? Um, yeah. But we, we still see each other to this day. You know, she'd come down and visit me. I'm back at IU for grad school and she would come and visit me and we, you know, would hang nice. out and everything and so that developed into a good friendship but I again like I said just started out like oh no <laughs> yeah I'm sure you're on the other side of that coin too you know by the time you ended up being an upperclassman there were freshmen that were looking at you like damn look at this flanker like how am I ever going to keep up with her and it's that's like part of it it's like part of initiation part I, like, of- I like to think so though of course I also <laughs> did change in my last year we lost so many backs that he was like all right you're you're inside center now I'm like well I don't want to be a back but okay <laughs> but he still used me for like teaching to tackle and things like that and like you know really rucking well and being able to get under people and everything like that and so you know things that are less common as a as a back just because of you know the distance we run and everything like that but yeah he had me demonstrating a lot of a lot of pack kind of stuff so good your coach was he was trying to help you right transition better yeah it's a it's real different to go from especially like a flanker because the work rate is crazy high as a flanker you know you're just like hitting everything getting into all the contact like just really challenging the point like the ball at all times and inside center definitely does some crashing but um how did you adjust um I mean again our nine was really helpful with that like you know we and so was our outside center Ambry was awesome um Mm -hmm. and you know we were just able to kind of work together we were putting together new new plays to run um oh with our 10 too Lauren was great and so and I I don't know I was able to kind of integrate myself as like you know obviously a back but I still got into stuff when I probably didn't need to but you know (laughs) I was able to be there so there I was yeah Um, but other than that you know I I hated how much more running I had to do which is silly because all of rugby is a bunch of running but it is it was it's just just like whether you're aware of it or not yeah and you know I I definitely felt like I got the ball. Well, I I didn't run the ball a ton. I was more of just like, I'm tackling everybody. But, you know, I still felt like I got the ball a little bit less. And, you know, I had to really work on like my long passes and stuff like that because I am not the best at them. But Mm -hmm. yeah, but it it wasn't too bad of a transition, though. Good. Good. What what about the way that you saw the game? Um, I, I guess I'd say that, like, you know, being in the back line like did give me the chance to kind of watch things a bit more you know because I definitely wasn't always rushing in to do everything because I had to be back and ready Mm -hmm. Um, and so it did let me to allow me to kind of you know gain some critiques and stuff that I could pass on to some of the other girls if I could see a weakness and stuff like that yeah Um, yeah it's a different perspective out there yeah I thought like I always I found that really interesting I moved out uh, my last years of college, I played fly half a little bit and I like, I was ready for it to have like a different perspective of the game than always like being a head down forward. Right. And it just, it really just did change everything for me. So cool that we had similar experiences. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I like that a lot. I mean, a lot of people, I guess maybe it is like 50, 50. I guess there are people that really find one position that fully fit them forever right you've met the lock that's never done anything but lock right yeah but I I was just always real interested in learning different um positions and like different perspectives in rugby and I think part of that is who I am so you didn't want to go there I, was I, was say, like, I think that's how I was asking for, for it yeah <laughs> yeah 
I was asking for it but but all in all I do think it was a good experience and eventually especially like with sevens too I was playing you know different positions a lot more often and and so I thought that was kind of cool you know I got the chance to do basically everything whether it be like in a b-side game or whatever um Mm -hmm. though when I tried hooking for the first time I definitely need our regular hooker in the face (laughs) (laughs) I know I'm sure she didn't appreciate that but she was pretty cool about it I guess (laughs) yeah it's kind of par for the course you know Uh, yeah yeah, hookers get beat up in a way that you don't expect right Uh, sometimes it's a knee in the face sometimes it's like the whole scrum falling on you um but (laughs) yeah yeah, all those different all those different spots give you a little bit different idea of what's going on for sure for sure and you can definitely like appreciate your teammates who play those positions all the time a little bit more yeah 100 percent. you get you get an idea of what they're going through all the time right yeah I love that so let me let's let's pull this back around we touched on like community and and friendship we did touch on um and I think we touched on like your identity stuff too yeah wrapped up in in athleticism because I've always I've always kind of like been a little reserved as I've gotten older it's definitely different for me but like I I've always been good at sports and that was was really something that helped to shape me, especially when I was young. I started wrestling. I started wrestling in fifth grade. And mm-hmm. by seventh grade, I was one of the co-captains, which was a really big deal. I was the only girl on the team at that point. Another girl was on the team when I joined, but she ended up moving. Uh-huh. And so, you know, I never wrestled against girls until like my eighth grade year. I was, you know, and so being able to be a leader and everything in that type of situation and have like you know the support of my teammates even though it was a male dominated sport and like some people did not respect me at all other coaches referees like I've had pins that were not called because mm, well she's a girl yeah and coaches not willing to shake my hands after I beat their boys and stuff like that and so that really I think think gave me a strong sense of like my ability to lead and everything Mm -hmm. and you know which probably made you quite diplomatic at a young age as well because you weren't like you loved the sport like you respected it the way that it was and to see the adults around you not doing that had to be an eye-opening experience for sure and and for all I know you know that the qualities that that helped me to bring out in myself like led to me being a teacher mm-hmm. um and so you know so I I link everything back I think to just like my ability to perform and and how that kind of did things for me throughout my time playing sports yeah it is interesting how we collect those experiences experiences as young people as like young athletes and they they mm, oh where'd the word go <laughs> Yeah, they kind of like color or like they can be m- m- points or of influence reference. or something. Yeah, yeah, or like influence on our, on our later lives. But I'm sure that kind of resilience you were able to bring into the rugby game because you just got to be resilient as hell, especially sure. as a flanker. Man, you get so beat up. For sure, and and that's why I was you know I never had any problems with my knees though, which was great. Like because I told you I, I had the sixty percent of my meniscus removed, and you yeah, know, and after, the hamstring. Yeah, after tearing that, it's never quite the same as far as like flexibility and stuff goes. And then mm-hmm. one summer, I like dislocated my other knee, so I was just always worried that I was going to fall apart. But for the most part, I don't think I I might have broken like a toe, but yeah. Other than that, like I never got any like major injuries. Cool and everything and so that was and and then that always leads me to you know really respecting how carefully you're trained to play rugby you know Mm. when you look at sports like football or or soccer where there are so many injuries because they just aren't taught to do things in a way that's safe like yep you know and they take advantage of having pads or whatever yeah for sure I remember the first few years playing rugby I would when I would go home you know because like American families watch football right so I would like go home and watch football games with my family and like my parents and be like this is so stupid why do they throw their bodies around like that like that's reckless it's like so dangerous and being like they need to like they need to tackle right you know they it's mm. yeah I used to get really up on a high horse about that 
and it's it's like a high yeah go ahead then people will throw it in your face though but you don't even have pads or a helmet when you play and we're like you're you don't need them because we know how to tackle yeah because we have body control right yeah there's like there's laws to the rugby game around it so that you don't intentionally hurt people right you know it's great it's great that we've been able to gather these skills and then like teach them and pass them on and I mean even yeah I mean I'm sure my parents didn't like it when I was telling them like this is dumb because blah 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 I'm sure that still like prompted them in some way to consider it and I remember a few years later there was a big news story about like the Seattle Seahawks using rugby techniques to train their defensive line and then like that year they won the Super Bowl or something and like I'm cool I could be misquoting this on the timeline, but yeah, I do specifically remember like this article being shared around about the Seahawks, like learning to tackle via rugby technique and just like how much more effective the defensive line was. And I was like, tweet, like sending it to my mom, like, see, I told you (laughs) and my uncles. (laughs) Yeah, that's awesome. I'm gonna have to look that up now when we're done. Yeah, I should too. I think it was like 2015 or something. It might've been older than that. No, I'm going to edit that out. I don't know when it was. <laughs> um, so also uh, a little side note here, because you said something about teaching and I was like, and it reminded me that it might be fun to let you know when I did my student teaching, teaching English, obviously, but I at one point took over PE class one day because, you know, I told my kids about myself and how I'd played rugby in college and everything like that. And they're like, oh, we want to learn. And so I ended up teaching a a rugby class one day instead of their normal PE. And that was really cool for me. Um, Oh, that's awesome. Yeah. Obviously, it it? wasn't like, yeah, they seem to really enjoy it, you know, and it it's something that I always kind of wish that I could have done at my first school that I taught at, you know, because kids again thought it was super cool and they were like well let's start a rugby team I'm like we don't have anybody to play against and we don't have enough people to have a team so I would love to but nah but not right now yeah Yeah. is that something that you're looking to do like in the future if you got Um, in the right school do you think you would do that possibly yeah I mean I I've always kind of worried about coaching um though Vaughn my coach told me that he thinks I have what it takes to do it but I think my my ma- major thing with coaching and I thought about it with like softball or volleyball too is like I just want to go out there and play with them so mm. I don't know I'd, I'm not <laughs> sure if I'd be the most effective but at the same time if I'm willing to like show them how to do stuff maybe that's helpful I don't know <laughs> yeah it definitely could be but but I get you like hold my beer I gotta go right. <laughs> exactly and and I also yeah. you know I'd kind of hope to try to try out and play it on a women's team but the closest one to me in Florida was like an hour away and then they traveled even farther for games and stuff and I was like I don't think I have time to do this especially yeah. in charge of a couple clubs at school and everything yeah uh, I was gonna say teachers like are overbooked yeah, you guys are like overworked anyway so definitely <laughs> yeah well, thank you for doing that it's really necessary it should be better valued and like monetarily and and otherwise but yeah yeah, I- yeah could imagine it would be just something that would be very overwhelming to try to handle like playing rugby too yeah yeah that's kind of what I was thinking but yeah on the plus side uh Indiana just passed something where teacher salaries are all going to start at like 40,000 now or at least or they're trying to pass it I thought they passed it but who knows now that I'm staying in Indiana again but yeah we need I need to send your senator your state senator a letter then right email please do this it's totally necessary yeah. <laughs> oh yeah. let's okay let's circle back we have Sorry, yeah. rest no it's fine I'm enjoying this so um <clears throat> what kind of impact did joining the rugby team have on your mental health um so it had a major impact actually because you know I I like to pretend that I don't believe that like exercise helps your mental health but it definitely does yeah I only say that because I'm lazy and I don't want to do it (laughs) Um, but but playing team sports is totally different for me you know and I have like a coach who can hold me accountable and stuff like that and so yeah it it makes it a lot easier for me to go out and and do what I need to do but you know in my sophomore year you know I had some some things that were just like 
building basically and at one point like right before christmas break i had like a a a breakdown where i like couldn't stop crying and stuff like that in front of another person and Mm -hmm. it was awful and i just really was in a place where i was just like i need help right now Mm i would toyed with the idea of like going to therapy previously and i never thought like seriously about it but i'm like i need to get you know and so i ended up going to our our resource at, at iu to get like some therapy and then i ended up joining the team and I really think that that's actually what helped me to, you know, be in a much better mindset. And like, I wasn't having breakdowns as often and, you know, everything. And I, it just gave me an outlet for the things that I was building, like, you know, keeping inside and everything. Yeah. And, and again, like I said, it it gave me a new community and people, you know, I felt like I belonged and everything after having a tumultuous thing with my person who was supposed to be my best friend. And yeah. and then, like, you know, new roommates, one girl, or not roommates, but floor mates, you know, we developed a connection. And then suddenly another really weird thing happened. And I'm like, well, I don't really want to be friends with these people very much anymore either. Yeah. <laughs> and so it, yeah. And so that sense of community and then the actual like act of exercising and playing and practice and everything like that really helped me to, to bring me out of a dark spot. And, get me on my way to feeling better yeah that's like lovely. That's kind of a lame answer but your experience is valid you know that's what it comes down to is like college can be really hard and especially when you start to if you lose friends or you're in these situations but like even without those like changing circumstances and growing up like we're all susceptible to like having mental health issues and it can be temporary can be something that runs through I know my whole life I've struggled like on and off with depression and it runs in my Mm -hmm. family and I know all like just like you said that like exercise is so key to me being a happy person and it was something that my dad really taught me when I was in high school is like this is a thing that we deal with you need to figure out the things that make you feel good and it's not going to make it go away, but it makes it manageable. Like rugby definitely was a huge, a huge part of that for me. Like the accountability, like you said, really resonate with too, because you know, if you don't show up to practice, you're at least going to get two text messages right. that are like, where are you? Are you okay? And it's for great sure. to, it's great to feel, it's great to feel that your important. absence is missed. Yeah. yeah, like that you matter to people. Right. Also, mm-hmm. it was really helpful to, that I didn't have a car and people had to pick me up for practice. So then <laughs> they they text that they're on their way or that they're here. And I'm like, oh, I got to get going. Got to go because yeah. they're already here. <laughs> yeah. But but yeah, for sure. It's really nice because because, you know, that they care and that, you know, even the people that you don't feel like you're friends with on the team, they care because they want you there to play, If you, you know, because. Mm-hmm. Especially with numbers being low, because, you know, in my in my last two years, our numbers were lower than the previous. And, mm-hmm. you know, you need people at practice. And so even yeah, if gosh. it's not even like a, a friendship kind of feel and it's more of just like, hey, you're a part of my team. You need to be here. Like, yeah. It still really helps. Yeah, absolutely. But also, it's awesome that that was your how your dad handled things, because we oh, definitely yeah. didn't talk about that the same way in my house. Oh, yeah. So <laughs> my he really special guy. You know, I, he's been gone for like six years, but uh-huh. like we were BFFs and I, whatever, I talked to him and we're, we're homies. I, I can hear his voice in my head, you know, but I grew up with my mom, my stepdad, um, my parents divorced when I was real little. And mm-hmm. uh, it was like later that I got to become close to him again. And like, we immediately clicked. Like, I swear, I'm just like him as a woman. <laughs> and, and he's just so, he was so info, insightful that way. I don't, you're right you're absolutely right like I'm so blessed to have had that relationship and that he was so he had become so knowledgeable about it and was able to share it with me and willing to so yeah but I'll give that to everybody you know thank you it it definitely was no it's good I mean I I I also just don't want to say like it depression comes in so many forms it's like not you can't always do something to help yourself so I don't want to imply that that's like what everybody needs to do because we're all on our own paths but I know it's like it's just a huge part of it for me and it sounds like for you too just like being active right for sure yeah yeah Yeah. you're like faking it you're like okay brain you don't want to do your things like 
I'm gonna make you do it. Give me some adrenaline. Exactly. Yeah. Gotta bully the brain sometimes. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Right. Okay, teacher. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, so there was one big. Oh, oh yeah. There's one more big point about your growth through the rugby team. What did you come to understand about your sexuality? Basically, you know, growing up, I I feel now that I can recognize that I was having like, you know, crushes or whatever on certain pe- on certain female presenting people. Um, can't say for sure, but yeah. Uh, <laughs> and but it was always really weird. I just thought that I like really liked them or like their style or whatever. And it didn't happen super often, so it was really kind of easy to ignore and like you know even now I, I'm not totally positive that it was that I was having like crush type feelings versus mm-hmm. just like oh this person's awesome um, but you know then once I was on the team and around so many women who did not identify as straight um, actually you know we actually had a trans uh, man on our team too he wasn't allowed to play on the men's team and so it wasn't even just women but you know so many people who were so out and open and you know, experiencing, you know, relationships out in the open and like, whatever. Not that I didn't know some gay people in high school or middle school, but like, it wasn't a ton. You know, I'm from Mm -hmm. Indiana. So, you know, it was hit or miss. I was part of our GSA and everything, but I just didn't realize until, you know, being able to be around these people. And I like developed a crush on Allie's girlfriend at the time, actually. Um, (laughs) And I, one time when drinking, I decided that I wanted to tell her about it she was so nice about it she didn't care obviously and if I thought she was gonna care I, I wouldn't have said it most likely um, yeah but you know I'm like man you know I you know this is the first person that I can definitely realize that I definitely have a crush on them uh-huh. and you know and so then from then on I like was more open to like the idea and I was able to recognize things about myself I don't want to say that I experimented because I kind of didn't um mm. but you know I definitely was able to just better recognize the feelings of like having a crush or whatever um and you know and we all also another thing that the team did randomly sometimes because you know so we went to IU where the Kinsey Institute is I don't remember the full name of it but it has to do with sexuality and orientation and things like that um and so they have this test part of this Kinsey scale test oh yes when traveling or like going to dinner on occasion we would talk about it and then we would take it mm-hmm. and you know and that was just something like silly but also kind of confirming for some people and like even one girl later like when I was older and I had already figured things out um mm-hmm. this one girl like did she got that she was straight and she was like no I want to take it again she like I don't know if she felt like you know because so many people on the team were not straight uh-huh. that she like wanted to fit in better in that way or if she truly felt that she you know was not straight but it seemed it came <laughs> off as like I want to fit in I want to not be straight with, like everybody else um but yeah and so you know that was something that was kind of clarifying in a way because you know it's still like academic-y type test yeah. and I got an f on it the first couple times which is it's a number scale uh-huh. um so that was kind of funny uh, it was like, yeah, you're either super unusual or you just answered something wrong. I'm like, how can you answer something wrong? But, what were you hiding, though? Right? I don't know. Yeah. Um, I was able to take it and, and get a result that I think really does um, show what I am. Because I, I definitely lean toward being attracted to males. I've only actually dated males. Um, I don't know why I'm saying males like that. It sounds weird. But <laughs> men, like I have a boyfriend right now and yeah. we're probably going to get married and all that jazz. But like, Cute. yeah. And I don't know. But my first time like legit trying to like maybe pick up, if you want to say, or like at least legitimately hitting on somebody with the hope that something was going to go f- from there was like, you know, one of my teammates, um, you know, yeah. in the last. My a last gay woman. And stuff. Yeah. Yeah. And and that's something that I like regretted for a long time because I was too late because she was already starting to talk to somebody else. And I was like, no, now now we can never be. <laughs> but, but, yeah. but isn't that like what you think about everybody even like, especially when you're young, like you're like, 
oh, that boy that I had a crush on in middle school had a girlfriend. It was too late. You know, I think regardless of the other person's gender, you kind of just go there like, oh, I missed my chance. It's almost like a human condition. That's true. But I think I also kind of felt like I missed my chance with another, like, you know, somebody who is a woman or non-binary or anything, you know, because I because I very soon after met my boyfriend and like we were we've been together since then and so I think that that there's that kind of thing that Mm -hmm. I just like feel like I missed my chance to like not that I would need to kind of prove to myself or to others you know that like I do like girls you know Mm -hmm. um just because you know they're again I don't buy into it but you always have people who are like "Mm, if you haven't like actually been with another person then are you really oh no I I don't I don't think that's true I definitely don't think it's true and I would fight against or argue against somebody, you know, who was saying that. But at the same time, I'm like, well, I never got to prove it. But yeah, dumb, but that's, that's the thing. That's okay. It's easy to get caught up in like thinking like, it's easy to get caught up in thinking like that. I know, um, I'm not sure how you identify, but like I'm bi or pan, but it took me a really long time to be like, okay with being with women as well because I I always at the same time I could always say like well but I like men I know that I like men so like maybe this girl's just really pretty or maybe like I just really like her style it's weird when you were saying that because I was like is this girl showing me a mirror or what (laughs) Uh but like so since then I mean I've it just took me a really long time to actually date women Women. or any woman anybody that wasn't male identifying and it's definitely there's something in there about just the way that we put everything in a binary I think that catches us because we like the Kinsey scale is all about um yeah it's it's gay or that's what it is or well no I thought it it, it was about putting stuff on a spectrum yeah but it um but it will say if you're one way or the other yes you could get a three which means that you're like definitely bisexual Mm -hmm. um so in saying that it was gay or straight I kind of was in thinking about how you said people who don't identify as male and I was thinking like it doesn't reflect like somebody who's trans because apparently I don't know Mm. I I feel like it does but a lot of people kind of count trans in another category just because they used to you know they have the different parts or whatever whatever it might be but because like you you hear it like I I had a a gay friend who would say that he would never date a trans man because it would just be not I don't know it would be weird and I don't think yeah, I mean that... that's the same as like straight people saying like that they wouldn't date a gay person or like right. you know what I mean the same because they're just like oh the parts are different but yeah the and... that's not always sexuality and attraction isn't always aligned with like t- physical sex at birth right and so so I I don't necessarily want to say that when I say that the Kenzie scale doesn't include that kind of situation but for some people it does and then it doesn't at all like you know have you think about non-binary because again it is you're gay you're bi you're straight and yeah you know and depending on people's definitions of bi that's why I struggle because I also define myself as bi or pan but -hmm. like some people say that like you know you can't count like nine like other people you know like gender fluid or anything like that like whatever in vibe and I'm like I don't I don't understand and so then sometimes I feel like I want to say pan because I'm like okay well that definitely includes everybody and yeah that's why I said it like or pan but people don't understand pansexual as well either right and then there are people who say that like if you say pan instead of bi you're being like transphobic in some way because you're saying that trans people don't fit into the binary and like you know as a man or woman I didn't even think about that yeah so then I'm like well is it bad if I say that am I what I don't know what to say you know oh my gosh yeah it makes it harder for me to understand how to identify um and then again you know so on the Kinsey scale it's a six to zero or zero six rather so I'm like a one because I am occasionally attracted to people of the, the same sex is how it defines it yeah um and so, like, there's that aspect as well, because I know it's a certain type of person that I'm going to be, like, legit attracted to and, like, mm-hmm. interested in dating or something like that mm-hmm. um, versus, you know, 
other people it's a lot more common you know there if there are two or three then it's more equal and they're more interested in uh or even on the other end yeah in both on the other end when people are like a five which is mostly homosexual but uh slightly occasionally heterosexual you know that's i don't know that that seems more bi to me than well it i don't want to say that but i'm just gonna say it that way so so the five sounds more bisexual than one to me even though i know that that's not true huh yeah (laughs) basically like these labels in in the language is failing us i think yeah for sure and so just all of it kind of makes it a little harder for me to wrap my head around sometimes i don't know yeah yeah no i totally get that i totally get that it's um it's confusing it's confusing for sure but i guess but i guess we're like it's we're so lucky to be in a position to because i always have to turn things around this is i'm an optimist but we're so (laughs) (laughs) we're so lucky to be living in a time where like at least we can try to muster our way through this conversation and it and understand our our sexuality right for sure and i mean it helps when somebody is very similar to you as we seem to be because then it you don't feel quite as awkward in trying to qualify these things that shouldn't need yeah. qualifiers and sure. as you might talking to somebody who who's just had the opposite experience or, you know, whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, yeah, still makes me nervous for other people to hear me talking about it because I don't <laughs> think I was eloquent at all. And I know that I've made like comments that <clears throat> might seem bad to people. <laughs> yeah. Well, we know that wasn't your intention. Yes, so yes. I will just, we'll just close this with like, Please feel free to correct me and teach me things. For sure. That's I, that's, that's how I feel. I, I like to say I'm I'm very enlightened, but I always could learn more. Yeah, I'm always down to learn more. Yeah. And empathize with different people. But like I honestly, and yeah, maybe we could have been more eloquent, but like the language fails us in this department because it's just like gay people, trans people, like people of different orientations and different sexuality have literally existed forever. But we live in, like, colonial capitalism, which has narrowed down our understanding of these things. So, like, we're just, like, doing the work over here, just, like, trudging through some inadequate language to try to express ourselves and understand ourselves better with it. Because, like, language is really a tool for us to understand ourselves. So... Yeah, I think we're doing it. I think it, all in all, we're like doing a good thing and like bless the rugby community for giving us because rugby was the only reason I came out as well. Like it definitely was the first space where I could be what I who I am fully with and be around people who were like also like caring and understanding and like just let me explore, like let me be without the expectations to be something else right exactly it's pretty rad it really is it's pretty rad (laughs) oh man (laughs) thank you thank you for doing that with me I don't think I've ever had like that conversation before I really enjoyed it well I'm happy we were able to have it yeah me too um I think we hit everything is there anything I mean we'll do our closer but is there anything we missed in like the big stuff oh I don't think so. Yeah. yeah, just that, you know, I I still wish that I could be playing and I, you know, my regrets in generally in life are sports related. I wish that I'd gone out for rugby in high school and people asked me to. I wish that I had gone right back, you know, as soon as I got back to IU for um for grad school, I wasn't allowed to play and that kind of kept me away. And I just always had, like, excuses for not going to a practice or not going to the games. And, you know, they were valid things, but I wish I would have made time for it. Because once I eventually did go back, I loved being able to be there. And I loved, you know, watching the game. I loved going to practice and helping out and everything. And still showing those girls that I'm awesome, even though I'm super out of shape and stuff. (laughs) (laughs) That's okay. We get older and we get smarter. Right, right. (laughs) And so, yeah, so I, and that's, that's my main thing that I, I just wish that I could be involved again, but you know, as my body is getting more old ladyish, I'm like, I probably don't need to do that. It's mostly my yeah. mom telling me that, but 
Gosh. I, don't know. I I just wish that forever I forever worried those moms. <laughs> right. I wish yeah. that I could have I would have just stayed more involved like since I graduated and that I could still you know, like I said, I still like meet up with old girls sometimes and everything and like when I got to play in the we we called our old girls weekend where um old like players who've graduated for the last 20 years come and we play a game against the current team and everything and it's yeah i don't know anyway i'm no, starting that's to good. <laughs> it's a, you're good alumni weekends are fun and and i get that like it's yeah. hard to it's hard to like it's hard to leave it's hard to leave the game and then look back and i i've i've had moments recently too i'm like oh. okay so play you want to play two, two truths and a lie with me right sure yeah let's um, do it all right so here they are oh no i just realized i i outed one of my things i usually say <laughs> You know, it's fine. It's fine. It's going to confuse you. You're going to be mad. Um, okay, so I have had hiccups basically every day since I was 14. I am a black belt. Mm-hmm. And I... I'm trying to think of one to replace the one that I usually say because I said something about it earlier. And I... am currently an associate instructor at IU not teaching kids anymore I think you are associate instructor because I think I read that in your email signature oh yeah I forgot that (laughs) so I got that so like (laughs) but you you said you I think you're trying to trick me because you said you were a black belt in middle school but now you're saying you're a black belt again and like who who has hiccups since they were fourteen? If how how are you gonna lie about that? Are you you're not a black belt anymore, right? I'm not because you have oh! to continue testing to maintain your black belt status. Yeah, so you thought you were gonna get me, but you didn't get me. Yeah, <laughs> usually that will get people because they don't realize that you have to retest, and they think once you have it, you have it. And, uh, and then, like I said, like, I usually talk about having done Taekwondo and everything. And so people mm-hmm. are like, oh, yeah, well, she did it. So obviously she's a black belt. Uh, <laughs> and I usually say that I wrestled when I was younger, mm-hmm. which people don't always believe because I'm a girl, whatever. Sure. Yeah. But we did your whole backstory. So yeah, I got the, I got the scoops. That, <laughs> yeah, I, I should have said something else in the associate instructor thing. I forgot that you had my email signature that said that I worked for the Global Gateway. Yes. Um, and I'm very attentive to details. Yes. And <laughs> Not then really. The hiccups, but also like the hiccups. Yeah. It, what about it sounds the so unbelievable to a lot of people, especially if you don't hear me hiccup. Like we talked for almost an hour now and I haven't hiccuped at all as long as I, or as far as I remember. Sometimes yeah, I don't notice them, and so sometimes, you know, you you realize that I'm hiccuping, and I don't. Um, but, yeah, I, it's a really weird thing that they couldn't figure out what's wrong with me. Basically, I did a bunch of tests and stuff, and they're like, you know, hopefully they'll stop one day. Um, wow. The only day that I can confidently tell you that I didn't hiccup is one time, like, two years ago when I was super sick and I couldn't breathe properly. I don't think I hiccuped at all that day. But yeah, other well, than that. Sounds like your diaphragm was pretty affected. Yeah. Yeah, but but my diaphragm looks good. They they did tests and stuff. They're like, yeah, nothing's misfire thing. You're just weird. So, huh. Yeah. And so, so are, they, are these like a single hip hiccup, or will you just like randomly hiccup throughout the day? It's randomly hiccuping throughout the day, and like sometimes they're clustered a little bit. You know, I could have five ish. You know, sometimes it's just one, and then it'll be two hours before you hear another one. And on very rare occasion, I'll have kind of like a bout of hiccups. So that kind of freaks me out because I'm not used to it. Huh. Uh, but yeah, I even take medicine for it. I've taken it for years. Um, huh. And like one time, you know, when I first started in high school, I, I started counting. And that day I hiccuped like over 300 times. Wow. Yeah. It's, yeah. Something wow. that people do not, do not expect. Like they, you know, who yeah, does I've never that? heard of that before. Right. Who does that? <laughs> Right. Only you, Jordan. Only you. Only me. <laughs> <laughs> She's one of a kind. <laughs> I try. I don't. And then there's the hiccup. <laughs> yeah. Oh, that was great. Well, thank you. Um, thank you for sharing that with me. That was fun. I'm glad I got it right. I'm, I'm doing great on my tooth truce in the night in a lie so far. Oh, that's good. I'm, yeah. If I knew that, maybe I would have picked the joke. <laughs> <laughs> Do you want to tell your joke? You know, why not? All right. 
How many tickles does it take to make an octopus laugh? Hmm. I don't know how many. Ten tickles. Ah. <laughs> <laughs> a lot of Cute. people like to say eight because, you know. Yeah, they have that's the number tentacles, you immediately but... go to. Nope. There's the, that's the mislead. Tentacles. Tentacles. Wow. Tentacles. Yeah. All right. Anyway, <laughs> I, I've definitely enjoyed talking to you too. Um, yeah. This was great. Thank you for volunteering to come on. Like, uh, this is uh, super fun. If you have any other friends, like, send them my way. I've had like a lot of people from the Midwest come on, which I love. Uh, you know, I'm an East Coaster, but. Y'all love to talk. And right. I guess because Allie shared it on our yeah. women's rugby like alumni page. Yeah. That's what that's how I found you at least. But yeah, yeah mad kudos to Al. Yeah. Yeah. So I'll I'll definitely let anybody know how fun it was and maybe they'll contact you too. <laughs> yeah, awesome. And I'll let you know when your episode's gonna drop. Awesome. Thank you. Thank you. Have a great day. Thanks, you too. Bye. Bye. Click subscribe to get new episode notifications the day they drop and never miss a show. Email me if you want to share your stories at suze at withyoupodcasts.co. That's S-U-S at withyoupodcasts.co. My love to you all and thanks for stopping by.